Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Why, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. I'm your girl, Kim, and today, currently, is Memorial Day, Um, and the whole reason why I'm laughing right now is because I have my little bruiser, my little Roni, right here with me. He's literally up against the microphone, and uh, he's whimpering here and there, so you may or may not hear it. He whines like crazy when I leave the room. It's so cute. So... Yin's guys. I got my dog and I'm super happy. I love him unconditionally forever and ever. And uh, he's currently licking my arm. Yay. Westies are the best. Basically, all dogs are the best. So in other news, bravo, bitch. Bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Man, I miss Denise with Beverly Hills. And let me tell you, Beverly Hills right now, It's okay. I'm not going to lie. Kathy Hilton. I'm seeing everyone on Instagram loving her. I'm not going to lie. I don't like the bitch. She's boring me. She's a little too uh, up her own asshole for for my liking, to be honest. And uh, you know what? Different strokes for different folks. I'm glad that majority of people are enjoying her. Hopefully, she'll, she'll come out blaze of fire, guns of blazing. Obviously, I don't know that expression, but you know what I mean. And maybe I'll like her eventually. I know that I had to warm up to Sutton, but I like the bitch now. So maybe Kathy Hilton's the new Sutton for me. Beverly Hills is also going to be interesting as far as the whole Erica thing. I did read somewhere that I guess Erica's medical records. I saw this on Instagram. I can't remember um, what account it was, but saw it on Instagram. It said something like, Erica's medical records could be used against her in court because of the way that she presented herself on the show. So that's kind of interesting. I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah, like what the fuck, Erica? Like, I are you going to go to jail with Jen Shaw? Because if you are, are you guys going to like room in the same bed? Like, I don't, I don't even know. We just, we want to keep tabs on Yin's both, okay? Now let's get to my two lovely franchises. Good old Jersey finale part two ended last Wednesday. <sighs> I didn't love it. I, I was disappointed with that as well. And I know some people, I don't know, am I just being a bitch right now? Who knows? But I didn't love part two. Part two was a little boring. Just like part one, I felt like they were so focused on the Jackie and Teresa thing, which was definitely the main plot throughout the season. But I feel like they talked about it way too many times in both parts. And I'm just like, can y'all just, I thought we were done with this subject. Like, I can't, I can't. You you need to move on, Yins guys. I love how it started. Because they gave us a cliffhanger, per usual, having Jennifer say, well, I'm going to let Teresa say it because she knows that Margaret started the rumor. So that's how part two started. Apparently, per Jennifer's words and Teresa, Margaret started the rumor. Of course, Margaret's going ballistic. And then 
Jackie was like, Jennifer, you better be careful with what you say because there's rumors about you and your husband, honey. And guess what? Karma's a bitch. That's how she said it It was kind of funny the way that she did it. Then Andy goes on and he asks Jennifer about the way that she gets drunk because she had a little um, slippy whippy, if you will, at Teresa's pool party, if we remember. And she didn't really think that it's that big of a deal. And I have to say, I'm kind of on Jennifer's side. I really don't think she's off the rails, if you will, like some of our New York ladies. You know what I'm saying? I don't think she has a drinking problem whatsoever. And she also went on to say that her kids even said, wow, mommy, it's funny that these people think that you're like this all the time. And obviously you're not. My dog is panting right now. So... And then you hear Teresa chime in after this whole drunkenness with Jennifer happens. Teresa's like, yeah, well, I'm really happy that Jennifer did that. Like, God, Margaret, you should have had a drink, too, to loosen up. Ha ha ha. My God. Teresa just she's such a flip flopper. She really is. She's like Ramona, if you will. But at least Ramona is a little bit more entertaining for me. And I don't think she's as malicious as Teresa could be because... I know that people think that Teresa might not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but I think she's hiding a lot of shit and I think she does it for play. Ramona, on the other hand, I feel like I feel like she's as authentic as we see her on the show. I don't really know if that's a compliment or a diss to Ramona, but Ramona, bitch, you got to know that I fucking love you and I really do think that you're fabulous. Then Andy brings up the whole sexual harassment thing with Margaret, and they kind of had a little dialogue with that. Jackie also admits that she had been sexually harassed when she was younger. I don't know if it was from her boss or coworker, but she said to the girls and to Andy, she's like, yeah, I did it because I didn't want to lose my job. And I think it was she, she didn't have sex with them. I don't think she said something like she allowed this person to massage her shoulders while they were in a meeting or something, something like that. But I know it wasn't sex. And Teresa made like this thing about it almost saying, well, Jackie, you kind of put yourself into it. And and it almost did seem like she was sort of shaming both Margaret and Jackie for dealing with that particular situation. And then Andy even said it. Andy even said, he's like, well, it it does kind of, you're making it seem like they push themselves to do it, like it's their fault. And it's not really their fault. So Teresa then was like, yeah, but I'm just saying if it was me, if it was me, like they wouldn't be able to do that with me. I wouldn't let anyone touch me. It's just weird that Jennifer and Teresa are kind of slut shaming not only Margaret and Jackie, but it almost seems like if anyone were to deal with some sort of sexual harassment, it almost seems like they're slut shaming those people. Of course, I really hope that they don't mean that. I really don't think that they do. But the way that it comes off, it's kind of fucked up. And especially when they said that on the show, it was kind of weird. But then you have Jennifer with a classic quote. I didn't get a lot of good quotes from her or Margaret these two finales, which I was kind of disappointed with. But I did get this one. And she says, Margaret, I didn't want to have to call you slutty. And then, of course, you have Margaret. Oh, well, that's nice, Jennifer. 
And then after Jennifer says that, Margaret, of course, is freaking out as I would be too. But then Teresa just has to butt in and says, geez, Margaret, you should be happy about it. Like, be thankful, Jesus, that she didn't call you slutty. Teresa, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you saying? You're crazy. Like, you're a crazy bitch, but we love you. And then I guess Teresa's just still butthurt about the one time that Margaret went on her confessional and said that Teresa was like the exorcist. And she's like, well, you're calling me the exorcist, Margaret. And then she's like, oh, my God, Teresa, it was like an analogy. Don't we know what an analogy is? I mean, it's hilarious. These crazy bitches were crazy. And I loved every second of it. So then the classic situation comes up. Dolores and David and what the hell is their relationship up to now she's still with David current day from this episode and I think current day today too Dolores admits that she has not yet moved into the house of David I don't know why I said it like that but that's kind of funny she is also still renovating her own house and she even said Part of the reason why she's doing all that kind of shit, it's almost like she's taking revenge on him just because he didn't commit. It's so weird because even though she says that she really doesn't give a shit with what he does, blah, 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 relationship is fine. Why would she be doing all of that if she wasn't pissed off? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. I think she does actually want the commitment. She doesn't want to admit it on national television for some odd reason, but I definitely understand. And we also find out that she's never, ever, ever going to get back together with Frank just because they're not. And Andy also said, doesn't he work like 18 hours a day? And yes, he only works 18 hours. And Dolores says, well, I see him once a week. And then you see like Melissa's face like, what the fuck? Listen, I don't think that's normal in a relationship. Uh, That's like a situationship, if you ask me. So Dolores, I think, has been in a situationship with David for almost four years. So... You know, you do you, boo. If you're into it, I'm into it too. Love it. I also didn't know that David was married once before and he also has four children. So I learned that. Jennifer and Jackie, Andy said to them, you guys don't usually agree with anything, but this situation, you guys agreed with each other. Dolores wants more of a commitment. So they were talking shit and saying Dolores needs more. She wants more. And that's the whole argument whenever Joe Gorga was like, you're a broken woman, yada, yada, yada. But when they were talking this past week, they were like, no, I changed my mind. So flippity flop, flippity flop, Ramona Coaster, almost turtle time. (laughs) While we all want Frank and Dolores to get back together, it's never going to happen. And Teresa's like, oh, my God, can we just stop talking about it already? No, Teresa, we can't. We can't. You're a friend flopper. You're a situation flopper. And we're not going to stop talking about Frank and Dolores getting back together because they're the shit and I love them and I want them to get back together. I also feel like Dolores is probably one of those ladies that has revenge sex just because like, oh, I fucking hate you. You're a piece of shit. So I'm going to like fuck your best friend. I feel like she would kind of do that. I don't know if I love it, but I kind of love it because Dolores is a badass. Who should not be with David, though? Then Teresa's new relationship comes up with Louie, and apparently he loves to suck Teresa's new pack. 
pouty lips, honey. Teresa, that was much of an overshare, something that we did not need to hear. Uh, Good for you with your lovely, luscious lips, but I don't give a shit and I don't want to hear about it on TV. But I mean, I didn't turn the channel, so I guess I did want to hear about it. Louis also has an ex-wife and children, and it's nice that Teresa has met all of them. And she is saying that she's getting along quite wonderfully with them, which is a great thing. Then Andy asked, did Joe say anything whenever he met Louie? But I guess he went on to Instagram and basically said, yeah, it's kind of weird meeting your ex-wife's boyfriend. And here's what I have to say to Joe Judice. Get the fuck over it because you're an asshole. And honestly, for you to even have to post that on Instagram, you're looking for the sympathy vote. And guess what, pal? I'm not giving it to you because you're an asshole. All of America, all of Italy, basically everywhere, they know that you're not a good person. And now you want to save face for the camera because you want to be A, relevant, but you also don't want to be known as the shitty ass dude. But guess what? You're the shitty ass dude. And I'm still mad about that. But then the crazy thing, when Andy asks Teresa, well, do you feel like Joe did cheat on you? Come last season, honeys. She said, yeah. And guess what? Now she's flip flopping. She's a flip motherfucking flopper. Okay. That made me so mad the other day because I was just like, Teresa, Just fucking tell us what you think. Stop being Teresa. (laughs) So she doesn't know if Joe really cheated on her or not. Hey, Teresa, pretty sure Joe cheated on you. I'm happy that you're not with him anymore. I'm happy that you have beautiful, beautiful daughters from him. But I'm so much more happy for you that you are on a new chapter of your life and so are your girls. And it's just up, up and uh, to infinity and beyond, as Buzz Lightyear would say. (laughs) Ooh, but I did think it was pretty awesome when Andy was like, Teresa, were you faithful to Joe whenever he was in jail for four years, I think it was? Oh, my God. Yin's guys, there was like a pause. And then she's like, yeah, dude. And then after that, Andy was just like, he made this face and he's like, okay, guys, seriously, what the fuck did you think of that? Do you think she was motherfucking lying to us? I, I, I hope she wasn't. But Andy almost seemed like himself. He didn't believe it. That's why would he say, okay, the way that he did? The inflection of his voice says otherwise, okay? I just thought that was crazy. So do Yin's guys think that she was faithful to Joe whenever he was incarcerated? Or do you think she was cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, as Giselle would say about Mr. Pastor Holy Whore, Jamal Bryant, which holy shit, that's going to be pretty insane whenever Potomac starts. Oh my God, I can't wait. Jamal, I don't like you either. You're hanging out with freaking Joe Judice. Y'all should be like frat brothers and all this shit. Maybe you guys are, because y'all do dirty work. Y'all are dirty. So they're still talking about Louie. Apparently he needs to have a lot of sex. Cool, more power to you. I'm tired by 9 o'clock at this. (laughs) More power to you. And I guess Teresa needs to have sex three times a day. No, he has to have sex four times a day. Apparently through an article that Andy read. And Teresa needs it three times. So it's a match made in heaven. Yay! 
Then eventually the house hubbies came out and then Andy was asking Frank Catania whether David actually did have to wash Frank's balls. And of course you got Joey Gorga saying in the back, he doesn't have any balls. (laughs) Yes, that was a good moment. I love how they freaking previewed that shit all the time before we saw it the other night. Thank you, Bravo. You're fabulous. And just when Bill Aiden just talks about Jennifer, one, he's clearly in love with the bitch. Two, he's so appreciative and really values her for who she is as his wife and as a mother and as a person. And with that damn big ass diamond ring that she got for her 18th wedding anniversary, I think it was, Bill says, of course she deserves it. She had my five children And she's a wonderful mother, so I'm going to give her anything that she wants and more. I love you, Bill Aiden. I think you're a cool fool. It was really nice to see Evan in this episode because you could tell with this crazy-ass rumor that was said about him and the cheating shit, (laughs) Andy was talking to him about it. And it was nice because he was cracking jokes about it, right? So he said, yeah, I didn't think... You know, certain rumors could get any worse. I mean, last season, I didn't get blowjobs. Now this season, I'm cheating and my kids are seeing that like, Daddy, you're cheating. But throughout this episode, he was making fun of it. So I appreciated the sense of humor that he has. Doesn't seem like he's an uptight asshole. So way to go, Evan. I want to see more of you next season. And I want to hear more from you. I want to see you. And I definitely want to hear you because I think you're fucking funny. So towards the end of the reunion, Jackie was just curious, and so was Andy, on why Teresa just didn't go to Jackie directly and tell this rumor shit, as opposed to telling everyone else at the party, but Jackie. Like, it is kind of crazy. And if you remember, Teresa didn't really answer the question. She just sort of sat there and just, like, made this face. (laughs) And then Andy brings up, from the vault, of course, Going ballistic on Kim D. Who did that? Teresa did. Why did she do that? Because Kim D was saying that Joe was cheating on Teresa, right? Basically, the same thing that Teresa was doing this season about Jackie, Kim D did whenever she was on the show. <laughs> and then you just have Teresa saying, well, I, I didn't go ballistic. I wouldn't say that. Everyone else was just like, the what the fuck face like are you kidding me Teresa like you're a fucking psycho you're psycho Morgan letters I have to say Teresa you did go a little psycho and you did go ballistic so maybe you need to re-watch those scenes again because I think it would be very informative for you then the confidence in jail thing came up and Teresa obviously she was upset about it understandably so it was Not nice, clearly. Jackie did it as a dig, and she admitted it. She was taking accountability like the lawyer that she is. Claps, claps. And she said, hey, you know what? You were coming after my husband. I needed to come back. I'm not going to just sit here and take your shit. I'm going to give it right back, which is how I would do it, too. So, Jackie, I feel you on that. But then our beautiful Bravo King says, hey, well, you know what? Danielle Dagger knows who started the rumor and she basically said that margaret started the rumor and then all the other girls margaret dolores were saying danielle's a lying bitch blah 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 but it was just nice that danielle came up in a reunion 
I really would have wished to see her at the reunion just to make up some, just to make an appearance. I think it would be really fun and I would love to just relive, not really relive, I'd love to rewatch the hair pull thing because it was so epic in Bravo Housewives history. I don't know which one, as far as entertainment value, I'm not thinking of the actual life of what happened. I'm just thinking of the way that we saw it on the show. I don't know which one was better. The hair pull with Monique and Candace or the hair pull with Danielle and Margaret. They were both very epic in their own ways and they were both in the same year. Holy shit, that's so good. But yeah, Danielle says Margaret started the rumor. Margaret's denying, of course. Joe B also denied it whenever Andy asked if he heard it first. And he's like, no, I didn't. And then the analogy with Gia comes up. This is, we are winding down with the Jersey finale and then we're going to get to our girls in New York, okay? The analogy comes up again. Andy was like, Teresa, whenever you deliver an analogy, you usually don't say, hey, I'm going to deliver this analogy. Like what I'm going to say is an analogy. It's just sort of understood. So yeah, Andy, taking Teresa to school. Oh, God. (laughs) That was so good. And again, I think Teresa plays stupid. I think she knows how to work it for the camera. Do I think she is stupid sometimes? That's neither here or there. But we finally see at the end of the show, Teresa and Jackie finally make up. Hugs and kisses, honeys. Yay, next season's going to be so lovely. And then as opposed to the typical champagne drink and or vodka, whatever, Louie comes out and gives Teresa a lovely pineapple drink and the rest of the ladies also get it as well. I wonder if it was just like pineapple juice with vodka. I'm not really sure, but it was definitely in a pineapple glass of an actual pineapple. (laughs) So now let's go to New York, baby. So Yin's guys, free stuff is always awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom? I'd say that's even better. If you go to adamandeve.com, you can select almost any one item for up to 50% off. And then what happens after that? They load up the free stuff. All you have to do is enter offer code BELIEVE at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. Not only that, six free spicy movies. And guess what? Free shipping. Hell yeah to that. So go to adamandeve.com and use our offer code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, and go and spice up your life tonight. This episode of New York, I was very saddened with Sonia's behavior. I know it ended that way last episode when she was like freaking out about (laughs) the Wells Fargo mortgage rate compared to JP Morgan Chase. Like, whoa, Sonia, you are spiraling right now. And it just really is making me really sad for her because I really do see such a parallel right now with what Dorinda was going through last season. And I'm just seeing it again. It's just with a different housewife. And it was hard for me to watch Dorinda that way too. So episode starts with Sonia being drunk off her ass still, going crazy over that mortgage rate shit. And as she is yelling like crazy, Ramona, the Ramona coaster baby, just gets up and says, you know what? You are 
going crazy, Sonia. Like, you get real. Get real. And then Sonia retaliates by saying, you don't even have real friends, Ramona. She has fake friends and doesn't even have Mario. So she was drinking the juice and she was delivering the message. Luann and Ramona then go outside to kind of talk about what they just witnessed. Luann gets a little emotional and she's saying, I can't really deal with this. Like, oh, my God. And then you see in her confessional that she's saying Sonia is going down a hole. I've been there. I'm getting really sad watching it. It's like almost PTSD for me at this point because of what I went through. And I'm seeing it all over again in my friend. After that happens, the girls come back inside. Ramona apologizes to Sonia because at this point she knows that she's not going to be able to rationalize anything with her because she's just so off the deep end. But with this whole thing, I loved, loved what Ebony said regarding Sonia and everything that she's going through with the JP Morgan shit. And she says, I would say this is probably my quote of the week. This is what she says. She says, Sonia is married to her story. Girl, your life is in front of you. How amazing is that? This is why Ebony is amazing. This is why I love her on the show. And she just says the realest, most honest shit. And it's so insightful. And you're like, holy shit, that's so true. Like, why the fuck didn't I think of that? So yes, Sonia is married to her story. Girl, your life is in front of you. Sonia! 2021, girl, life is in front, not behind. 1985, the yacht is sailed, okay? Then the ladies go back home to Ramona's house. They're all talking to their loved ones. Ebony's talking to her mom, asking her mom about her grandmother and whether she's still going to be on the feeding tube. And this was crazy. Her mom said, I don't want to make that decision. I kind of want you to do it. And I guess Ebony took it in such a way where she was like, no, you're not going to do that with me. But I don't know. She wasn't as emotional as I would be if my mother were to ask me that. Like, it was just bizarre, in my opinion. But she handled it well. And maybe that's just how, maybe that's how they are. And that's totally fine. But I thought it was kind of weird. Leah's talking to her sister about their grandmother and how they want to see her, but I guess their mom, Bunny, is kind of like, no, you can only have one person at a time. Leah responds to her sister like, hey, I just want to be there. I don't need to be sitting at her bedside. I just want to be around her. But I guess their mom is kind of having a problem with it. And then from there, Sonia and Ramona are discussing what happened at the dinner. This is the next day. This is the morning after. And Ramona was basically saying, you know what? I couldn't rationalize with you yesterday. You were kind of off the deep end. You have to know Ebony getting her mortgage rate at Wells Fargo would not have anything to do with the way of life of your daughter, okay? It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to impact her life. Nothing's going to impact her life because she's a fucking Morgan. She's a Morgan. She'll be fine. But Sonia was so drunk off her ass, she thought that her daughter was going to lose money. Sonia, your your daughter's set for life. Let's just be real. Like, I want to be best friends with your daughter, and maybe she could, like, help me with my student loans. Hopefully the, the relief thing is a real thing, but who knows? We'll see. Ramona basically finds out the real problem of why Sonia is acting the way that she is. She's lonely. She's lonely AF. COVID happened. 
She we we learn that her family moved to Nashville. Obviously, her daughter's out of the apartment. She doesn't have a man in her life. She's lonely. I totally get it. And I love the fact that Ramona was actually really available and attentive to what Sonia was saying about her family moving and all this kind of shit. But she was also like a really good therapist at this point. I don't know if she learned it from Alex McCord, but I thought it was pretty awesome. And Sonia was very receptive to what Ramona was saying. This scene was definitely a good scene to show all of us that Ramona and Sonia are really good friends. And I really do think that they do have each other's backs. I really enjoyed that scene. It was great. And I would say the Oscar goes to Ramona with that scene. She was beautiful. And I would love to hear her thank you speech because I know if it was Luann, she would probably be thanking herself and her cabaret career, of course. (laughs) The girls are then getting ready for the day. Ramona has this dinner theme that she's going to do. She was like, yeah, well, Leah had the Burning Man the other night. So I'm going to do my own theme. And it's going to be like Audrey Hepburn, Breakfast at Tiffany's. So they're preparing for that. Ramona is talking to Luann about what she spoke about with Sonia up in her room. And then Leah comes into the room. And then Ramona just stops talking. She's like, well, we're in the middle of conversation here. Why the fuck did you? Why didn't you include Leah? Like, that was odd. I definitely still feel like Ramona is looking at Leah as a daughter because she's around and I don't know where the fuck Avery is, but seems like she has her own life and she doesn't seem like she's around Ramona all that much. So I almost feel like Leah is not the replacement of Avery, but she's more of a daughter-like figure to Ramona as opposed to a friend. So you're still seeing that within this episode and probably throughout the rest of the season. Leah really only wanted a hug and she got shunned away from Ramona. Like, come on, Ramona. She's going through some shit too. Her grandmother's passing away. Like, help her the fuck out. Give her a hug. God. Then we see Ebony come in when Ramona is working on the table decor or some shit. I think Luann is gone at this point in the room. But Ebony goes in there and then she starts talking with Ramona. And then Leah sees that and she's like, what the fuck? Why are you going to be talking to her, but you're not talking to me? Like, this is some fucked up shit, Ramona. Like, be better than the gap. You suck. So that was sad. And I'm just like, Ramona, I can't with you. Like, this is one of the what the fuck moments with her. Of course, when this is all happening, Luann's good old boy toy Garth is waiting to come on in because he's about to teach some girls some yoga or just a workout session, whatever. But as this whole fight was going on between the girls, Leah and Ramona, Garth is chilling outside like, Wayne's well, party time, excellent. Just kidding. (laughs) So there's only three ladies that join Ramona, Luann, and Sonia while Leah and Ebony are getting their makeup done for the evening, for the day. That is when we realize that Leah is now going to take a vow of silence until the 6 p.m. dinner whenever Heather is coming to do the breakfast at Tiffany's thing. So as these ladies are working out, Sonia's about to go out and <laughs> she's like, oh, I hate that shit. Planks and fuck. Uh. <laughs> Can't we just go to the kitchen and have a donut? I love that. That was so good. That's a Sonia moment. That is so sonia a It's just fucking great. And this is why she keeps coming back season after season. She is divine. But then as this is happening... We see in Luann's confessional 
she's reflecting on Sonia's behavior and she's like, you know what? I understand that Sonia's going through a hard time and I can understand like I have a man in my life now. I have a cabaret career. Like I can see why Sonia would be jealous of me. Um, Luann, you're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. You're so vain. Viva la diva. Like seriously, Luann, you need to come back to planet Earth, okay? I know that we're going to Mars and we're doing all that shit, but you're you're like trying to go to the next planet. And I can't fucking remember that shit because that was forever ago. I'd have to Google it. Yes. Call me stupid. I don't give a shit. But Luann, you gotta come back. Come back to Earth, honey, because that was unnecessary for you to say. I did not like that. I did not think that was a good friend thing to say. So the gals are about to get into the car because they're going to go shuck some oysters. You mother shucker. Mother shucking oyster. I never had an oyster. Are they good? I'm not really sure. They look kind of slimy and that's probably why I haven't had one. So as they're getting in the car, good old Ramona doesn't know how to say the word laryngitis. So cute though. So cute. I'm not making fun, but I guess I kind of am. Whatever. But she's like, Leah, you're not like talking? Like what's wrong? Do you have the laryngitis? It's laryngitis, Ramona, but nice try. Ebony was like, I'm going to represent her because she just needs some self-care time right now until the dinner. Way to go, Ebony. Will you represent me? I need some representation here. The car ride is going. The girls are talking about Garth. Sonia's getting annoyed. Saying that Luann takes all of her men, especially the bald men, a.k.a. referring to Tom. Please don't let it be about Tom. It's about Tom. Shut up. (laughs) So good. Literally felt like a middle school catfight between two girls about, you took my man. No, you took my man. Not only did Tom come up, but Harry came up. Honeys, we don't need to talk about Harry Dubin ever again. Like, ever. We just don't. So now they are oyster shucking. Shut the shucking oyster up, okay? Ramona thought it was such a grand idea, and then she's probably the one that did not enjoy it as much as everyone else did. Now, why didn't she enjoy it? Because she couldn't fucking do it, that's why. She's like, I'd rather just go to the store and just have everything done already. I didn't realize it was this hard. I've never shucked an oyster, so I I didn't I don't know what to tell you. But I did find it quite funny whenever they were getting the oyster as it is, right? When you first catch it, I guess. <laughs> Someone said, I think it was Luann. Luann said, this is how Sonia and Ramona wake up. <laughs> and then Sonia says, yeah, attached to one another and crusty. <laughs> I guess they did that that morning because they were in probably Ramona's bedroom talking about all the night before. So made me laugh, made me laugh. During this time, Leah then decides that her vow of silence is over. She could only last for three hours. Hey, you know what? That's three more than me. I'd probably last for less than a minute. So she's talking about how she's just sort of uncomfortable that Heather's coming over. Heather's talking all this shit about all of us, except for me and Ebony, but basically Ramona, Sonia, and Lou. And why would you want someone over at your house that's talking shit? So she's trying to prep herself on how to manage this whole thing while Ramona is almost regretting that she asked Heather to come in the first place. But you know what? She's still coming. So whatever. Fast forward to the night. Girls are getting ready for Audrey Hepburn lookalikes. 
everyone looks amazing. Leah looks amazing. I definitely feel like she is the rebel of the group. She does not want to do the typical Audrey Hepburn shit. She's doing the 2021 shit like, bitch, get out of my way. This is Leah, okay? Leah McSweeney look. Fuck you, Audrey Hepburn. But like, not fuck you, Audrey Hepburn. Because breakfast at Tiffany's is historical. Heather arrives then, meaning... Ebony for the first time. She's seen Leah one other time. And basically we get to the dinner setting. And of course, Luann says, Leah, haven't you done your podcast lately? And she's like, no, I haven't. Blah, blah, blah. First of all, I didn't know Leah had a podcast. Uh, never listened to it, but I feel like I should. Then we find out that Ebony just launched a podcast and so did Heather. Why are all these bitches launching podcasts? Like, listen to mine. <laughs> listen to mine first, then listen to theirs. Ah, uh, selfish plug. I'm sorry. Then Leah just brings up, you're talking shit on Luann saying that she does drugs and that she's not an authentic person. Love the fact that Heather said, yeah, I did say that she is inauthentic at times, but I did not say that she is a drug addict. I did not say any of that. Heather was saying, basically, if you read a story, they make the headline huge. So it's eye catching to people. So people want to read it. Heather's like, clearly, these women have not heard the podcast one, two or read the article because I did not directly say Lou is a drug addict and she does drugs. I didn't say that. So Leah's coming pretty hard at Heather. She feels ambushed. I would too, because I don't know. Leah's just on some haterade right now. And I think it's just because she's she's projecting her anger and frustration, I feel, about her whole grandmother situation. Because it's sad. Like, this is how she's dealing with it. She's, like, pushing that stuff. And she's pushing her anger to someone else that really has nothing to do with her at all. Because they've only seen each other a few times. So that's how the episode ends. We're going to see how it resolves itself. Heather did apologize to Luann saying, if that hurts you, I'm so sorry. I did not say that you're a drug addict or you do drugs. But if I hurt you saying that I do feel like you're inauthentic sometimes, I apologize. Let's move forward. Let's have a good time tonight. And they resolved it and it looked pretty good. So we will see what happens tonight. It'll be fucking great. Shaws of Sunset, loving it. I wish they did seasons more frequently with Shaws of Sunset. I feel like they wait too long to have the next one, but I love it so far. I feel bad for Paulina. I really do love Mike too, but I just want him to stop being a fuck boy and be an actual good boyfriend and husband material, okay? You can do it, Mike. We believe in you, but also Leopard can't change its spots. Zebra can't change its stripes. Hopefully something good will happen from this. Um... So yeah, Paulina, I'm pulling for you. Beverly Hills, let's see. Again, Kathy Hilton not liking her all that much, but maybe she'll grow on me. Jersey is over. Damn. But guess what? Prepping for Potomac, honeys. Yes. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I appreciate Yinzia's every single week. I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend, and I hope your week is super awesome. Follow me at Bravo Yinzer, Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R, and follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Give me a rating, follow, subscribe me, comment on the show, and uh, yeah, have a kick-ass week, and I'll See you next Tuesday.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.